today, Night of the Living Dead is one of the most gruesome and terrifying films ever made. Guaranteed to frighten you out of your wits, this is the story of seven people barricaded inside a farmhouse while an army of flesh-eating zombies roams the countryside. An unrelenting shock fest that becomes a real cult classic. Don't watch it alone. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here are B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So this month we've decided to do a George Romero tribute month, seeing as how uh, he, he did pass away while we were on hiatus. Fair is a nice, respectful way to remember the legend that he was. And uh, we are going to start with the 1968 classic, Night of the Living Dead, which put him on the map as a filmmaker. And Pittsburgh on the map. And um, you heard what the back of the box that I have has to say. So let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Uh, Let's start with uh, the bad. Well, it's going to be hard to do, but I think we can come up with at least a few problems with this movie. So for me, number three. Everyone dies at the end. Not what you really want to see in a film. Although it is very fitting, it just, it, it kind of saddens me. Spoiler alert. Number two. The people in this house don't listen to Ben. Why the fuck don't they listen to Ben? He's the only one who makes sense and seems to know how to deal with the situation at hand. But, oh no, my way is right, so we're going to hide in the basement. Fuck you. Fuck you, Harry. Which brings me to number one. The worst part about this movie, Harry Cooper is such a dick. He's mean to his wife, he's a jerk to Ben, and really, he's the only cause for problems within the group of survivors at the house. Ben really should have shot his ass early on in the film and just kept on keeping on. Everybody else probably would have lived if it weren't for Harry Cooper. I agree. All right, for number three... Barbara was just kind of useless. I mean, I get she was in shock and shit, but come on, do something. Stupid bitch. Number two, I really wanted to punch Harry Cooper in the face throughout most of the movie. He's hot-tempered, irrational, and overall just an unpleasant individual. Yeah, he was a great contrast to, to the calm and rational Ben, plus the clash between the two of them arguing about where, whether they should go into the, the um, basement. basement or not was... Really, actually, kind of interesting. And overall, I thought it worked for the film. But man, I just wanted to punch him in the face. And number three, number one, Ben. He should not have died. He was such a great character and pretty much the only rational person in the group. He survives the zombie attacks just to get shot by a group of people hunting zombies. Granted, it was a perfect ending for the film, but it also kind of sucked at the same time. Why couldn't they have just killed Daryl? <laughs> the ending actually ruined the movie for my dad. He, uh, he when watching this movie, he was so, he, he related to Ben so much that, like, he just, I think a part of him died when he saw Ben get shot. You do realize that Daryl was not in this movie, right? Fuck it. Daryl should have got, should have died instead. He should have died instead of Glenn, but he wasn't in this movie, Paul. Yeah, he should have gotten shot instead of Ben. So... I'm, I'm not retracting that statement. Let's, uh, let's move on to the top three. Uh, for me, number three, everyone dies at the end. It's not what you want to see, but it is very fitting. Like, it, it, it goes perfectly along with the tone of the movie, which brings me to number two. 
The overall tone of the movie is very bleak. It's not something you often see portrayed in such an intense manner. Because in this movie, even though it's it's the situation is so dire, it doesn't come off as campy or overdone in any sort of way. And then, number one, Bill Heinzman. He is a fantastic ghoul and fucking awesome person. God rest his soul. We got to meet him before he uh, he passed away. And uh, his shambling presence, like, just at the very beginning of the movie, solidifies the terror that has become the modern zombie in popular culture. I, I really think if it weren't for Bill Heinzman and his performance as the initial ghoul in this movie, that it would have set a completely different tone, and this movie would have had a different impact on film and society as a whole. And uh, I, I completely attribute, mostly attribute, to Bill Heinzman the success of the zombie genre. The zombie genre. Zombie genre. genre. There we go. As sounded out. like a lot of people, you know, credit George Romero, although he did a wonderful uh, job directing this movie. Um, it was it was a, a co- cooperative task from him, John Russo, and Bill Heinzman. Yeah, the cat. Everything worked with this. So directing, the writing, and the cast, even the zombies, everything was perfectly casted in this, and everything was. It's it's a great fucking movie. So, what's your top three? All right, number three, the character Ben, played by the late Dwayne John- Jones, was just awesome. He was calm and rational when everyone else was freaking out, but he's able to take control and wasn't about to be pushed around. I really liked his character. Also, he beat the crap out of Harry Cooper, which was awesome because Harry was a fucking douchebag. Number two, the different ways the main cast react to the zombie outbreak really reflected how different people react to emergency situations. It it felt realistic throughout all of it. Some people freak out and start lashing out irrationally. Some people just follow orders and lose all personal autonomy. Some people go almost completely catatonic out of shock. Yet others show courage, rationality, and a natural leadership during these times, and I think that was perfectly demonstrated throughout the film. And number one, each character died somewhat ironically. I hadn't, somehow hadn't noticed this the first, like, six times I watched this film, but every character died in a way that was kind of, like I said, ironic. Harry, who spent most of the movie arguing with Ben how they should all be in the attic, well, they say attic, basement, whatever. I think they say cellar. It was a cellar. I don't know the difference between a cellar and a basement. But anyways, Harry fell into the cellar and got eaten by his daughter, who was zombified. Um, Helen, his wife, was killed by their daughter, who was spent the majority of the film concerned about her. Barbara was dragged away by a horde of zombies or ghouls or whatever which included her brother i was about to say that which one of them was her brother johnny who at the beginning of the film says they're coming to get you barbara the young couple who kept saying that they need to get to the truck and get help accidentally get engulfed in flames by by a gasoline accident very very much um in the style of zoolander except you know they weren't like erotically like spraying themselves with gasoline. But I hope he, that's not your A-movie companion. Oh, God, no. And Ben. Poor Ben. He survived the zombie horde just to get shot by humans who accidentally mistake him for a zombie. 
I mean, it's all so perfectly wrapped together. The introduction of the characters, the development of them, and then their unfortunate unfortunate demises. It's it's a brilliant. It's a beautiful package. Yeah. It's a wonderful bouquet of dead roses. The best. So we've talked about uh, some things we like, but how about we have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war? Quote war. And uh, we'll quote this movie back and forth. I'll give you the uh, the go-ahead on this one. All right. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. I ought to drag you out there and feed feed you to those things. The cellar is the safest place. The cellar is a death trap. That's what's important, right? For you to be right and everyone else to be wrong. If they did get in, there'd be no way out. Beat them or burn them. They go up pretty easy. And that ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or you would like to say who won this episode's edition of Quote War, please leave a comment in the section below or on our website, boomoviebros.com. I think it's time for us to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 1 out of 10. I also gave it a 1 out of 10. I feel like it would have been wrong not to. I have to say that uh, I gave it a 1 out of 10 because, you know, a very bleak and believable portrayal of people in the end of the world slash life or death situation does come about here in Night of the Living Dead. The dialogue is fitting, as well are the camera angles are pleasing, you know, helping to set the atmosphere of the film. The story is simple, but due to the great portrayals of characters by Judith O'Day, Dwayne Jones, and Carl Hardman, the characters are so well-defined that it helps solidify this movie as a true masterpiece. I know that there's social commentary and some other underlying tones, but I really don't give a shit about that. And, you know, the influences of Night of the Living Dead can be seen throughout the history of film. And that just makes this a true cult classic. Albert Einstein once said, Only four things are infinite. The universe, human stupidity, the number of zoo bats in a cave, and the number of zombie movies made each year. However, despite the infinite number of zombie movies out there, Night of the Living Dead... The OG still shines above the rest. It's a nearly perfect film that manages to last the test of time. So many zombie films have attempted to match this one, yet, yet few can stand as its equal. Even though the traditional zombie archetype wasn't truly established in this film and was pretty much more established in later subsequent films, it's impossible not to notice just how much influence this movie has had on the genre and how it changed horror films as a whole. George Romero's legendary film has undoubtedly earned its place in horror film history. So there you have it. Um, a 1 out of 10 from each of us. I mean, this movie is pretty cheap. You can find it on just about any horror movie set, especially if they're about zombies. Um, go out and find a copy if you haven't seen it, and please watch it. And uh, give us your opinion. You know, we, we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every A movie we review, an, a B, every B movie we review, an A movie companion, and tell you why this B movie and A movie are the same exact film, just of different standards and quality. 
So I gave my A-movie companion to Flashdance from 1983. I gave mine to Pulp Fiction from 1994. So I have to say that Flashdance from 1983 and Night of the Living Dead from 1968 are the same film because both were made in, quote-unquote, Pittsburgh. Also, both films are considered cult classics. That's all you got? That's it. All right, well, I picked Pulp Fiction because... Both movies are the best-known film by the their respective director, Night of the Living Dead by George Romero and Pulp Fiction by Quentin Tarantino. Both movies are unique in some ways. Night of the Living Dead has zombies, which was pretty much the first of that, and Pulp Fiction, well, it's got, you know, good dialogue and shit like that. Both movies are heavily reliable, reliant on the characters and their development throughout the se- about the film. You kind of learn exactly what the characters in Pulp Fiction are working toward, and you see where they end up in the end based on their choices and their decisions of what to do after, you know, shooting Marvin in the face. And in Night of the Living Dead, you really get to see the characters of how they react to the zombie horde. And for, I just really like both movies, and I really can't think of a fourth reason. Really? They're, they're fucking, they're unique, and I really like them. Really? I give reasons why they were unique and uh-huh. everything. They, oh, screw you. You're, like, you, you had know, anything. In Flashdance, the, the main character is an exotic dancer, and she takes off her clothes. Oops, and in, in Night of the Living Dead, Barbara takes off her coat. They both take off clothes well, that, for that, some reason. It's not even close. That's, yeah, it that, is. No, they, it's not. They both that, take off clothes. Still, Look, I'll drink to that. So, you know, speaking of that, you know, I think it is time to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. I'll give you some drinking games for this film, and then so shall Paul. For me, number one, every time fire is used, take a drink. Number two, every time they look outside, take a drink. Number three, every time there's a radio broadcast, take a drink. Number five, Whenever Harry Cooper is a dick, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's George Romero month, anytime something comes back from the dead or is referred to as dead, take a drink. Every time Barbara screams, take a drink. Every time we're shown a news report, take a drink. Every time Ben and Harry fight over whether they should go into the cellar, take a drink. And every time someone uses a weapon, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-movie related, you can leave a comment on either our YouTube or SoundCloud pages right below the video. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros or follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or even my personal Twitter handle at bmoviepaul. Also, check out our other reviews and shows. We have new content each week, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website, bmoviebros.com. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are provided below, and we appreciate any help. And that brings us to the end of uh, week one of George Romero Month. Um, We're glad to be back from our hiatus. Um, And at the end of this week, um, in the number one spot is uh, Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Yeah, so far it's a pretty easy contest. Um, so as we continue to remember George Romero, we're going to look at some of his other famous works. 
And we'll take a look at another classic where the terror of loved ones turning on you is explored in the 1979 film The Crazies. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back for more.